0: This is KVR, Kaiju Vision Radio. Hello, Kaiju and Tokusatsu fans, and welcome to Kaiju Vision Radio, a podcast about the appreciation of Kaiju and Tokusatsu movies and discovering their historical and cultural value. I'm Brian Churchill. In this episode, I'm going to be giving you uh, my very brief rundown of G-Fest 26, and then we will proceed with the interview that I had with our special guest, Kevin Derendorf. The convention had a huge turnout. 3,000 people for an interest of this scale is really impressive. I wasn't feeling really well a lot of the time that weekend. Traveling really took a lot out of me. I slept well, though, once I got home. I met so many people that weekend and it was great. Friendly atmosphere, so much going on at the convention. Never a dull moment. First, I'll talk about Peggy Neal. What an amazing person to meet! Her panel was excellent, too, because she told us about her life story. Being an actress and a model, I was so glad that she and Avery Guerrera came to G-Fest. His movie he directed, The Great Buddha Arrival, was screened at G-Fest. Peggy talked about her time making the movies that she starred in, mainly X from Outer Space, which was screened at G-Fest, and Terror Beneath the Sea. Her telling us how she was raised as a Buddhist in Japan made me want to become a Buddhist myself. She's so emotionally centered and peaceful. Going to her interview was wonderful, and I hope she returns to G-Fest soon. There is a link to the full panel that she did on Kaiju Vision's social media. Next, I'll move to Akira Takarada. I met him that weekend, like so many others did. He's so personable and warm, and he's a perfect gentleman. I was captivated by his story of his time at the end of the Great Pacific War, when Soviet soldiers shot and killed his brother and almost killed him too. You could feel the audience connecting to him emotionally and understanding his struggle in that moment. His remarks about how he's apolitical and for peace and understanding were very enlightening in a time when the negative aspects of politics seem to be so disheartening. There are many people who I'm so in awe of them that I can barely stutter a complete sentence when I meet them. But I was so overwhelmed. I told Mr. Takarata thanks so much for everything. You're an inspiration. And that's all I could get out. Check the video on Facebook or Twitter for the huge crowd that it was on his interview. The man is a living legend. Next I'll talk about the anime trilogy panel. I was one of five people on the anime trilogy panel on Sunday. Check YouTube or kaijuvision.com kind of and you can see the entire panel on video. It was good. Despite the conventional wisdom that the anime trilogy is universally hated, I met quite a few people at the convention who liked them, or at least they said that there were redeeming factors. I don't have much to say other than that the audience got a lot out of it, and it was probably one of the best panels I've seen at G-Fest. Kaiju Vision had its own panel at G-Fest. I want to thank Taylor Hensley from the Giant Monster Messages podcast for joining me on the panel. We compared and contrasted alien invasions in Godzilla movies versus American movies. Alien invasion movies can be really revealing because they show us what the fears of the society it created in has. It's also on YouTube in full. Check it out. I absolutely loved it because I got to talk about Japanese history. So anyway, both panels are up now on YouTube. And now the last part of G-Fest that I'm releasing is the interview of Kevin Derendorf, writer of the book Kaiju for Hipsters and the man in charge at the Maser Patrol podcast. Enjoy you're listening to kvr kaiju vision radio with us we have kevin derendorf
1: hey glad to be here
0: and i've been wanting to see you for a couple years now because i've known your name and i got two interviews through last year and i thought dang it i didn't get kevin all right so I, i'm glad to have you here at Gfest 26 what a good conference this is, and it's, it's fun. I love it. It's so entertaining sometimes, just in ways that you don't originally anticipate.
1: Yeah, uh, so g is my favorite convention of all of them. I've gone to a great number of them. I've gone to anime conventions, I've gone to horror conventions, I've gone to sci-fi conventions, and g is just... I mean, it's cliche because everybody says it is like a family reunion, but that's because it's true that (laughs) you run into people that you know and you run into people that uh, you haven't seen in a while and it's just you get on immediately. And the guests at G-Fest are so much nicer and more accessible than the other conventions. And uh, it's fantastic that, I mean, because the scope is so small, that also helps tremendously because everybody sort of speaks the same language. I feel like so many conventions you go to are just... A uh, place to go buy Funko Pops, and uh, mm-hmm. this is this is not that at all.
0: Yeah, it's it's intimate, it's accessible, it's really special. And I mean, all of the Kaiju and Toku world is special. And I truly believe that they're in the gene that is novelty seeking. Like there are some genes that people have that actually encourage novelty seeking, and what better novelty than japan and godzilla and kaiju i mean it's such a great way to satisfy that urge
1: it's a well that you will not exhaust uh there are there's always new things coming out there's always old things that you haven't discovered and that is why it's tremendously rewarding to be a part of to be a fan of this material because uh i still will pick up you know uh old issues of uchusen or something and they'll be talking about some movie and they'll be like i've never heard of this movie and i'll go online and they like, hey has anyone heard of this movie nobody's heard of it like well it came out on vhs and everybody looks together to see if we can find a copy <laughs> yeah it's uh, it's sort of amazing because um, whether it's language barrier or just time uh especially the stuff that was around before the internet a lot of it is just completely uh not known about and that makes it a bit of an adventure <laughs> absolutely I know you've done a lot of interviews
0: regarding your book, which is Kaiju for Hipsters 101, Alternative Giant Monster Movies. What is the thing that people assume about hearing that title? I imagine it's, they probably assume it's about Godzilla. I
1: i think a lot of people do. Uh, I mean, it's its something I, I don't know if, if people necessarily, what what they envision. I mean, and I definitely had people come up and say, like, oh, this is, this is a cringe-worthy title. And I'm like, okay, well, let's too late now. Uh and there are there the people that come up and they start skimming through it and they're like this is this is why you're talking about Pacific Rim and that's not obscure enough and uh, <laughs> uh but uh, I mean the the main thrust of the book is yeah, Godzilla movies are specifically what I wanted to not talk about because everybody has talked about Godzilla movies and I don't want to be the person that Watches the DVD of Godzilla vs Megalon, listens to the commentary, and then writes up the things I learned in the commentary because uh, anyone can do that. So. Yeah, and
0: just regurgitate it back out, and it's cut and dry, just yeah. over and done with. And there it is. It sits there. It is. It sits there. And I, I think the term that uh, I'm a big Hitchcock fan. It, it, the term Hitchcock used with people was the story is stillborn. It's just yes, sitting yes, yes. there. It's not going anywhere, and it's just. Not moving and and if you don't have any original thought to add to it, then what really do you have at the end of the day? It's just same old, same old and and when I w- looked at these Godzilla movies, I was like, man, I want to be able to bang these out once a week and build build up a few episodes before, so we got some you know buffer there mm-hmm. and then uh and then just go with it because we I already got a format that was like <laughs> overly intensively perfectionist and, and but once it was put together it's like okay now we can just run with it right we just do the same thing every time and yet not because it's a different issue it's a different movie and yet it's it's enough fresh stuff in it that that we can add something to the conversation and that's what i like about what your mission here with this was i mean you're going off the beaten path basically you're uh, you're going for the obtuse, the obscure, and the next level, and you you got to keep going. And Godzilla is, while well, at the same time, it's not old hat, depending on what perspective you take. But so often it, that path has been used so much th- and and traveled so often that it's, it gets harder and harder. And and when I was I was like, okay, let's try. Foreign policy, international relations, Japanese national spirit. Because obviously, there's Japanese movies. Let's find what we can do with what these movies are actually saying, and and go into the quote-unquote nationalism or whatever, whatever people want to call it. But the I would call it the Japanese national spirit. But and it, it's just the expression of Japanese society and, and what they're feeling at that time, and and it's like a historical time capsule, kind of. De- and depending on which movie. It's a bigger factor or a lesser factor, but it's still there. And that's what I want to try to do with Kaiju Vision, is because once you get these Godzilla movies done, the choice was either to stick strictly to Kaiju or to be like, hey, let, let, I want to stick with Japan mm-hmm. because that's foreign stuff, it's more obscure, there's more to dig up there. So that's why I went for stuff like Submersion of Japan, mm-hmm. no kaiju, disaster movie, so awesome. I love it, and it, and it says a lot about Japanese society at the time, and that's what I love. These cultural connections are what's so cool to me. It's, that's so amazing because it's different and it's fun.
1: Well, the the influences there. I mean, I'm I'm not as strong on some of the the cultural things, but just from purely. Uh, a media perspective you look at submersion of japan and it's got so many of the same staff members who worked on the you know godzilla movies at the time but it looks tremendously different mm-hmm. and you look at you know the talent there and then you look at what it went on to influence and you'll find you'll find call to submersion of japan and neon genesis evangelion yeah uh you had shinji higuchi direct the remake which he then there are there are elements of there where you can be like well how does suit's portrayal of disaster in this affect his portrayal of disaster in shin godzilla or yeah. uh attack on titan yeah. or a, a, any number of other things so there's even those connections uh but i i mean i'll, I'll freely admit like when i listen to your show like i'm I like okay he's talking about the movie but I am really looking forward to hearing him talk about like the third section where it's all the talk about the cultural <laughs> stuff that is leading into the movie and, and what was going on there
0: coming coming up with a format like that was a daunting chassis that just kept exploding and snowballing into bigger and bigger you know it just turned into this giant template and I'm like wow how do I, how did I just do this and it just came and and like uh, the that that's what I love so much about being able to find a format that actually fits all of these movies, and you can just plug it in because mm-hmm. Godzilla movies are so utterly different from each other. You ha- you can't like relate them to each other just unless you got some corner- some kind of a process, but...
1: Well, and, and I mean, I'm, I'm curious, because I feel like there'll be times where, like, you'll have two movies that are really about, like, say, the student riots or something, and how do you choose which movie gets that coverage, and and then you know, if you have a movie where you feel like you've already talked about it, like, do you, how do you come up with a new section for that?
0: Yeah, and like, with, uh, with The King of the Monsters, I'd already done environmentalism, mm-hmm. and I'd already done extreme weather, even, from uh, Son of Godzilla, so I was like, uh... Wait a minute, eco-terrorists. And I, I remember yeah. going on to that, and uh, I researched the subject back in graduate school, and I thought, wow, this is really interesting. But then I read about it, and I was like, you know, the story of I was, I was radicalized on the internet is old. Mm-hmm. It's officially like an old story. Now, everybody's heard it. And it doesn't matter what it is, what kind of extreme. It almost doesn't matter anymore. And I just said, with if I just said, when all terrorists are special, none of them are special. And it, and it's just interesting. But I did like King of the Monsters enough, and I I thought that eco terrorism was eh, we got Alan Jonah. Let's do something with Alan Jonah. And I thought that's a cool character.
1: Uh, Have you watched the uh, the scale episode of uh, Godzilla the series? Mm-mm. Oh, it's um, it's fantastic! Well, first of all, it's a it's a found footage episode of a cartoon show from nineteen ninety nine. Yeah,
0: I was gonna say that's uh, the cartoon, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's all it's all eco terrorists. They break into Monster Island, and they're uh, they're trying to free the monsters, and uh, it's it's really good. Uh, it's, um, wow, I have ri- to have written trace by one back of the one of the guys that's done a lot of X Men comics. So. Huh.
0: That's quite amazing. I, I read the I read Godzilla Aftershock. Oh, Okay, the prequel. Uh, Graphic novel, right, right, right for, yeah. for King of the Monsters, and mm-hmm. that was that was pretty good too. I like the art.
1: I I was a, I was a little disappointed because he does that that cool like uh, wave thing that comes off of his spines and that, and like I was hoping for something like that in the movie. And I just sort of, eh. mm-hmm. I mean, the, the the Mothra wings when he has a, a nuclear pulses is, is neat, but I'd, yeah, I'd like to see something really innovative but that's because i was spoiled by shin godzilla
0: <laughs> yeah and like th- yeah th- this this show was practically made for shin godzilla right like it's a it, it, three hour and 15 minute long episode that just i couldn't stop writing oh yeah yeah, yeah. So, trying to find more and more levels of it and it, and, it was, and it was political it was just everything that i wanted
1: yeah i i'm no stranger to long podcast episodes the the craziest that we've done on on patrol was justin mullis and i sat down to talk about the influence of hp lovecraft on japanese pop culture and then eight hours later we finished (laughs) recordings and i I got on facebook like hey guys would you prefer one eight hour episode and was this immediately told no (laughs) yeah
0: Yeah, the, the anime got out of the anime episode got out of control and i was like okay we're doing three parts I, I loved that episode. Uh, I, I really loved that one, too. And uh, that the, the third anime movie just drove me crazy. I loved it so much. It was so dark and so just epic in that respect. And I, I love anime movies that made me cry at the end. I, mm. I gotta say. I, okay. I, I actually love movies that... that impact me that much that I'm like, Hey, you, you got it. You totally did what I wanted you to do, but it it was, it was fun. I I love how Ghidorah worked in that. I just, but the the whole doom aspect was just perfect. I love all of the just attitude and atmosphere, a lot of atmosphere. So I'm going to get more to the book.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: (laughs) Do you consider yourself a hipster?
1: I don't – I mean, there's there's that famous webcomic, I can't remember who drew it, that's had the, the scale of hipster relativity where, you know, no, nobody self-professes to be a hipster. That's just something that other people call them. And then, you know, one person can call another person a hipster who will then call another person a hipster. And it's like this uh, spectrum. Yeah. Uh, I don't necessarily have a problem with that term, although I do ironically use the term ironically. So mm-hmm. – uh, but I, I – think that there's definitely a case to be made that I tend to gravitate towards a lot of material that other people don't gravitate to and I don't necessarily know that it's because other people don't gravitate to it that I do but uh, I, th- I think that it's it's something that I just think that there's a lot of things out there that are underappreciated and ought to be and uh, that does sort of you know it, it rubs me the, the wrong way a little bit and I like we don't. We didn't. We don't need to talk about this right now anymore because everybody's talked about it. It's been talked about to death. Let's talk about this other thing that also has merits and maybe it's not as good as that first thing. But I, I think everything should get its fair due. So
0: yeah, and, and give it a hearing and see how it. How it lands, and you just see where things go, and you never, you just
1: never know. And the fringes is where you find the most interesting stuff, you know. The, yeah, the diamonds in the rough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, the let's let's look at the Godzilla franchise, and there's there's some weird stuff in the Godzilla franchise. You know, Godzilla versus Hedera is a weird movie. Uh, there's weird parts of Godzilla versus King Ghidorah. Mm-hmm. But
0: you don't say. <laughs> yeah,
1: on you look at some of the manga, and it gets so there is a story where Godzilla is killed by a martial artist, and he is reincarnated as the baby of the martial artist, who then attacks the mother as revenge. There is a manga where Godzilla is a uh, a warrior, um, like sort of Thundercats style, where he he goes on a, on a a rampage uh, fighting the human world that's a parallel world and all of the kaiju are like personified people. Uh, there is one of my favorite things in, in the whole world is this unmade uh, Godzilla story from Nobuhiko Obayashi, uh, uh, the director of House, uh, that is completely insane. And I, I'm so, I apologize to everybody who listens to everything I say because I don't shut up about a space Godzilla, but uh, it's... For those who don't know, uh, the the idea was that Godzilla's corpse washes up on a beach having died of diabetes, and they determined that Godzilla was a space alien and she was pregnant, so they uh, rebuild her body as a rocket ship shoot it into space to go back to the Godzilla home planet. Upon reaching the Godzilla home planet, uh, there's a revolution between the Godzilla species and a race of alien oppressors that are like sphinx women with giant breasts, and uh, the, their leader uh, can vomit spiders, shoot flamethrowers from her breasts, and shoots shuriken from, uh, <laughs> shaped like swatzika from her navel. And the, the fact that at some point Toho was considering doing this, granted it was in the 70s, uh, is just amazing to me. And I, I wish that, that that had happened. But on the other hand, I sort of understand that maybe that would have been too wild a timeline. <laughs> yeah.
0: the, the house is awesome. Yes, by the way, I, I love that. <laughs> I, I love it so much. I, I, I when you said the the name, I was like, "How oh, I know that? I know that." Yeah, name. yeah, yeah. House, yeah, wow. Oh. <laughs> yeah,
1: and that was that was something um, that people had. There was a lot of misinformation about it on the internet because I think a few people had the issue of, of Starlog that it ran in, and it was across multiple issues in the seventies. So you know, maybe people had one issue, they had the other, uh, but a lot of people don't speak japanese at all and Mm -hmm. they sort of make up a story to go with the illustrations or they would make up things about the story a lot of people say that it was written by katsuhiro otomo in fact it was illustrated by katsuhiro otomo who went on to create akira Uh, but um no it was it was written by obayashi so uh and uh that's another thing like you 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 know about house you know that's a crazy movie yeah a lot of people don't and they they're just like Oh, well, this this sounds like maybe they should have gotten uh, Yoshi Mitsubano to direct. Like, no, I, I think I, I think Kobayashi mm-hmm. would have been perfectly mm-hmm. crazy mm-hmm. by Absolutely. himself. Absolutely,
0: <laughs> yeah. He doesn't need any help. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah.
1: He's,
0: that, yeah, he can create so many great things on the screen that I've never thought I'd ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> but, so that, yeah. I mean, that
1: was that that, that case was, um, you know, I managed to acquire those issues. And then uh, my girlfriend is fluent in Japanese. She is a professional translator. And I just sort of asked her very, very nicely. And she decided that she was going to, uh, to help me out and, and provide some translations for those. And and now everybody knows about this story. And it's great.
0: Yeah, and and you're you're getting something that nobody ever thought even existed, and you're saying, hey, this this actually was the thing, and let's take a look at it and see how just amazing it was. I, I want to is I I feel like sometimes I want to go back to like the '70s, which I wasn't even alive, but I I want to go back there now mm-hmm. in a way, and also the '60s. Yeah, but, uh, I I would. I would almost kill to be on the set of some of the Godzilla movies that they made in the 60s. Just to be the fly on the wall and and just watch the creative process happen and watch a movie, you know, movies like that come together. <laughs> and,
1: and be like, "Hey, Sam Sans, you're not doing what you said you did."
0: <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that part of hipster culture is about going back
1: I think so. I mean, you you look for the stuff that's been ignored, and you don't know that stuff has been ignored usually while it's happening. I think that there's a lot of stuff that... Uh, sometimes you can see things happening like as it's going, and you're like, hey, more people should pay attention to this. Yeah. Um, an example would be the comic series Kaiju Max. It's completely phenomenal. I don't know that every Kaiju fan is reading it, but they should be. Uh, however, a lot of stuff is you only really recognize it in retrospect either because it was sort of big when it came out or and it just sort of fizzled away or uh or it's just completely been forgotten and and you go and you're like hey I remember this thing a lot of people don't and then you can introduce it to a new new generation and uh yeah, I think some people will, specifically, I mean, especially with, with Tokusatsu, because there's, like, such an emphasis on practical special effects and whatnot, that they're like, mm-hmm. I won't watch anything with CGI in it, and then you you are limited to, like, okay, well, we just have this realm to mine, and then you can find those, those diamonds in the rough, you know, your Orochi strikes again, or something like that, mm-hmm. uh, where I think a lot of people would appreciate it if they could see it, but for the most part, they can't.
0: Right, yeah, and... One thing that I think delayed the release or the, the idea of this podcast was that I, I was examining things back in 2006. I bought every single Godzilla movie I could get my hands on, and it was about two-thirds of the ones that were around. <laughs> and I thought, oh, I can't, I don't know if I can do this because people can't get a hold of them. And it's, it's that, that made it difficult, and now that's not a problem and now we're getting a hold of so many of these uh, sort of second level tokusatsu movies that were obscure, but now they're not as obscure because you can get a hold of them. And and that's where the ones I've been doing lately, like Three Treasures,
1: mm-hmm.
0: movies like that, and like, oh, great, now we can do these. And I want to keep going that direction and stay with Japan slash Asia and, and keep mining there because... Uh, there's so much more to go. I mean, the, yeah. just like you have in in, in your book, like um, even Bye Bye Jupiter is available now.
1: Yeah, and you yeah. can get it,
0: and <laughs> tons of people are seeing it now. And uh, that, I mean, talk about weird. That's going to be an amazing episode. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, but then after that, what's what do you have after that? It's just another level of of movies that you can go further with, whether they're kaiju or not. Yeah.
1: I mean, Bye Bye Jupiter was one I, I went to. Uh, the first time I saw it, I went to Video Search of Miami, which was a sketchy little bootleg uh, place uh, 20 years ago or so. And I got that, and I got um, My Soul is Slash, the Shuska Kanoko movie at the same time. And that has still not gotten any sort of U.S. release. So even, even then, there's still plenty of things that don't get picked up and then it's interesting to see like people i think are a little bit more familiar with Bye Bye jupiter because of the discotheque release Mm -hmm. and i'll i'll also admit that i don't watch everything ever made like there are some things that i don't see until they get an official release yeah so it's it's sort of selfish a lot of the time when i'm like come on guys let's let's uh put this out and that's also why i mean I'm, I'm in the extreme minority of, about this, but a lot of people are super excited for the, like, Criterion Godzilla box set. I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I've got all the Godzilla movies. I The Criterion has Princess from the Moon. They have 100 shot, 100 killed. They have these interesting movies that they're just sitting on doing nothing. I don't want another Blu-ray of Godzilla. So,
0: yeah. I, I, ha- I seem to remember having some discs with Godzilla on that list mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, and- it's great that that, that's happening and stuff but I agree with you I'm I'm just that's that's great and stuff but okay let's keep going
1: yeah and I I (laughs) fully understand why the companies behave this way like they're gonna sell what people buy Uh and the Godzilla titles are evergreen and certain other things that get re-released are evergreen Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's just that that desire to plumb the depths and really find the the things that you haven't seen before That's, that's where it it's get, getting really exciting, and you know, it's, uh, Matt Matt Greenfield was here a few years ago, and he's he's a gentleman and a scholar. But uh, he was talking about you know what they're releasing from from Section Twenty Three films. You know they they put out Return of Godzilla on Blu Ray, and he's like, I would put out Bruba, but nobody's gonna watch Bruba. And I'm like, the fact that you have heard of Bruba, I, I applaud, <laughs> sir. So,
0: <laughs> and once I finish more episodes of what I'm working on now, I need to see more obscure things mm-hmm. and find ways to appreciate those because it's like getting a you know finding a box somewhere and you bring the box in and you're like hey let's look in this and figure out what's in it yeah and, and, and
1: examine it you know for for kaiju stuff that was a big part of the idea behind the book was that uh, people can look at a list of Godzilla movies and they can look at a list of Gamera movies and even the other Toho kaiju films are fairly well documented. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of times there is stuff that just completely passes people by. The number of people I run into that have not seen Daimajin blows my mind. Mm-hmm. And those movies are fantastic. And The Magic Serpent is fantastic. And Love and Peace is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And these are, these are movies that people should see. And I really want... You know, some of them have legit US releases and some of them don't and the more people talk about them the better the chances of them getting releases are so
0: yeah it's like a, it's a conundrum because yeah like nobody's seeing it so it's not being produced mm-hmm. and it's like well it's it's because nobody's seen it so you have to get them to see it first before we can actually get the ball rolling and uh, and, that, and that can be difficult and foreign films are I mean, that's another barrier'
1: it's a, it's a hard sell especially in America as it as it currently is there is a period where uh, a lot more Japanese movies were coming out I don't know fully if it was because they share a blue-ray region code now and because of that licensing is difficult or if there's simply not as much of a market as there was before the before the economic crisis mm-hmm. or, or quite what the situation is but definitely you're you um, are you know companies like Tokyo Shock still exist but they're not putting out the volume that they used to right. and discotech is starting to turn around and they're putting out uh, just beyond which is fantastic but they're also not putting out like the the weird cult movies that they were once putting out and i I've, mm-hmm. I've asked them about that and they have flat out said that they had no interest in it so
0: hmm. uh,
1: i'm not i'm not purely speculating about these things
0: right yeah one of the main ideas behind the show is comparative politics, because I went mm-hmm. to Indiana University Bloomington School of Public and Environmental Affairs, mm-hmm. it's ranked higher than the Maxwell School at Syracuse, and it's ranked higher than the Kennedy School of Government at Harvard, and it's a wonderful school, I learned so much, and comparative politics is so cool, because by examining others, you learn, and learn to examine more about yourself, and. By looking at movies like Shin Godzilla, you learn more about America. By when yep. you when you turn around and look at American movies, you find it more. And and like I know that there's a complaint about uh, nationalism and stuff in Shin Godzilla, and I was like, well, wait, this this might be just patriotism, guys. It's, there's a difference. And then I look at King of the Monsters, and I'm like, you know, this is a. <laughs> if I was a <laughs> yeah. Japanese person. Or some, like anybody else outside America. I might think this movie was a tad militaristic. And like at the beginning where they're like, we, Monarch, we don't want to be a branch of the military at the beginning. And, and then yet they behave completely like a branch of the military.
1: We we want to have all of the jets and planes and tanks. We just don't want the supervision. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, there, there are definitely elements there. And I... I understand that there are there are people smarter than myself that have made many, many cases of, about such things. And, you know, I am, I'm friends with some of the people who had the uh, Godzilla uh, nationalism panel from last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with everything that was brought up on that panel. But I think that that's a nice thing that we can, you know, sort of discuss it in a civil manner. And then... Uh
0: yes, they, they brought up points that are a way to jumpstart the conversation at least yeah Be- because if you don't discuss it at all and you don't address it then it just sits there and yeah just festers yeah there's nothing you can do about it
1: yeah I think that the danger is that sometimes people get very um, very aggressive when when sub- certain subjects are, are brought up and there's a lot of hyperbole I mean just in general with the I think it's not unique to this fandom I think every fandom has a lot of hyperbole mm-hmm. uh, but then it, it can it can quickly devolve into uh factions of people you know pro or or against and then uh if there's uh you know if there's one thing that you don't like about a movie then it becomes all elements of the movie are 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 bad and wicked and that's that's that that tends to bother me a, a lot as well i mean there there are certainly movies that i am completely against but uh, there are there are many. I I try to see the good parts and everything, and that gets me. Uh, I, I have sometimes a reputation when I say like, oh, you know, the cyanara Jupiter is about two and a half stars, and people look at me like I'm insane and have foreheads or something. <laughs> so
0: yeah, I don't know if I've ever said "no way" when watching a movie so many times to myself. <laughs> when I then when I watched Bye Bye Jupiter, yeah, <laughs> like no way. As in, this is so awesome! I can't believe this is happening <laughs> on the screen right now. But the reason I wanted to have you on is because you're clearly into going deeper. You're going into the obscure, and so you have something in common with one of the many missions of this show, which is to go deeper, particularly in the direction of international relations, macro trends of history and, and looking at Japanese history, world history, American history, sometimes, but usually it's something Japanese. And, um, there's, there's so much more to, to go yeah. and, and 50 episodes is, I might let, you and know, I might end up looking back on it and being like 50 episodes is nothing, yeah. but I, I could go another 50.
1: I did some really weird research tangents while I was working on the book. Uh, I went down a rabbit hole of cryptozoology while I was researching Legend of Dinosaurs and Monster Birds. Ooh. Uh, I wound up looking at the history of Japanese gas stations when I was <laughs> researching uh, Ultraman's Earth. Uh, so it's it is interesting to see how things sort of sort of tie together. Um, I mean, mostly I, I again I focus on media uh, in and of itself a lot of the time, and I think it's. Um, another another blind spot that the people have is you know you have your fans of tokusatsu and your fans of animation and they don't tend to cross over as much as i would perhaps like and so many things Mm -hmm. influence each other one way or another uh and i think that that's that's a, a wealthy area to explore is look at even even like how american and british science fiction has influenced uh japanese science fiction you know like i said we did a Eight-hour episode about H.P. Lovecraft in Japan, but you could, you know, take the take a look at you know numerous other Western authors and and see how they've influenced Japanese pop culture, and then vice versa. You know, in in recent years, you you do get more animeized forms of of things like um, Elysium, for an example. When I first saw the trailer, I was like, Is this Battle Angel Alita? Well, you know, it's sort of... <laughs> it, or Avatar, biggest movie ever made still, I think. I haven't checked the, the running with, the, with Avengers Endgame. Yeah, it was recently. like neck and neck there. Yeah. yeah but,
0: uh-huh.
1: I mean, that, that movie, I feel there's, there's so much anime all over that. Yeah. Uh, so I think that, that that's, that's pretty interesting, too. Uh, I have a recommendation for you. Um, it's, there is some kaiju content. It's not a movie, uh, but the TV show Concrete Revolution is fantastic it's a it's an anime series but it's sort of set in an alternate showa era where um all of the superheroes and kaiju and things are real but you also have all of the uh the you know left-wing terrorist attacks and the, right the uh cultural revolution there's an episode where the beatles show up and give people superpowers like yeah. it's it's just full of of weird things like that that it's great to look at from a like Okay, so this is referencing Ga- uh, Gecko Common, and this is this is Astro Boy, but it's also Sputnik, and uh, yeah. it's um, it's really neat to just go through and see how the the wires connect across the the actual history of the show period, and then all of the pop culture getting getting woven together in this narrative.
0: That sounds really fascinating. Yeah, uh, it's, it's definitely it's great. take a look at that, and that's another thing with like the Japanese fandom is a little, how it's different than like the kaiju fandom here, because over here, it's all sectioned off. Mm-hmm. like, yep. and, and meanwhile, in Japan, it's like anime, kaiju, more things like that put together and, and they cross over. Interest crosses over with each other. Yeah. And, and maybe one reason why the anime movies didn't do so well here was just because as opposed to just the cartoon from the 90s, mm-hmm. this was a totally different beast, really. And yeah and we're so we're so we' we're crossing into a different genre for once in uh Godzilla like this that is unprecedented and we we're treating them as Godzilla movies, even though this could have just been a series
1: yeah well, that's always the context 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 and we get these movies devoid of context, and I understand why if you get invasion of astro monster on a dvd and you get godzilla versus gigan on a dvd Mm -hmm. and you think okay these are both movies that came out and they were direct to dvd why are these not the same quality yeah (laughs) and that is not how they were envisioned and not how they were produced Mm -hmm. so i think that that's really the 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 big factor to keep in mind and it's the same thing with the netflix movies they were designed for netflix Mm -hmm. uh they were they were released in theaters in small runs, but they were not intended to be the successor to Shin Godzilla no. or anything like that. They were they were placeholders while uh, they were waiting to get the rights to work on another movie. Yes, yeah, and that's
0: the and that's the thing. Like some of these Godzilla movies, I, I really wish that like so we had, we had had like a Japanese person just come here from Toho and and just be like okay this is the purpose of this <laughs> and this is different now than the thing you saw before everybody calm down just it's different alright trust me. To an and, extent and,
1: we get that sometimes. And,
0: and I, I loved when Shinji Higuchi I loved when he introduced Shin Godzilla he, he said how okay everybody this movie was made for Japanese people mm-hmm. you know, and it's like put it right out there because it's all about 311, or a huge amount yeah. of it is, and, and disasters and just the, the entire psyche behind 311 and, and just all that. And, and researching 311 was so amazing. And I, remember, I remember when it happened, and it, the all-encompassing hugeness of it was just un, unfathomable. I, I can't yeah. imagine something like that happening in America. I just yeah. can't. One day, it, it very well could
1: I think that that's something that gets lost on a lot of people. Not not on everybody, but just how much 311 stuff is involved with Shin Godzilla. I mean, the, the, yeah, whole, the, whole,
0: movie, the whole moving thing I, the whole going dormant and, and yeah,
1: yeah. all of that explains it. The, yeah. the, the movie is literally about a bunch of people sacrificing themselves to shut down a nuclear reactor. Yeah. So, and it speaks volumes that the other major hit from Toho that year. I mean, the highest grossing movie in Japan that year was Your Name, mm-hmm. which was also a lot about 311. It was less blatantly so, mm-hmm. but it was tapping into the same psychological trauma. It's, it's again, about a big natural disaster and people trying to save other people from that natural disaster. So, I mean, that's that's a case where... <laughs> I mean, they're, they're talking about a, a US remake of it, and I just I don't understand what the... uh What? <laughs> well, I mean, there's also the US remake of Acura, which is just completely inane. That's a terrible idea and has always been one.
0: Yeah. I was kind just, of I mean,
1: scared you, when that You can't was get much about. more Japanese than Acura. <laughs>
0: no, you can't.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. sometimes you can find resources super easily. Uh, it depends on, on what you're looking up. You know, for uh, old movies, it tends to be. Uh, things that had major releases you can find information very easily for certain other things you sort of have to speculate a little bit yeah um and the the hardest are things from like the straight to vhs era because a lot of that was not particularly well documented
0: uh and and like the probably the preservation was a
1: in yep. issue two. Yep, that, uh-huh. that is definitely it.
0: And issue. I know about what's been going on in Europe with all of these movies that were made in Europe that were old, and then all of the films degrading, and there's not enough time to save them all. It, you know, like, Criterion can only grab so many of these things and turn them into DVDs. And...
1: God, the, the entirety of Southeast Asia just makes me cry a little bit, because I look at you know movies from from Taiwan like War God and like this is amazing why is the best print of this terrible uh-huh. uh I uh, uh, another one was uh yeah so anyway there's there's another movie that I found um that the there was only Ch- there was the english dub but there wasn't an original chinese audio track that i found however i did find the english dub with chinese subtitles which suggests that the Chinese original language version is just completely gone. Hmm. So that's, um, wow. That's, that's frustrating. Yeah. And Japan is pretty good about this stuff, but other countries are just not as much. However, a lot of these other countries had the Japanese talent from Tsuburaya and Toho come over and work on these things. And, uh, it's just not well preserved. Uh, I mean, ironically, one of the one of the better ones in terms of film preservation is probably Pulgasari because that's something where uh, the, there's a lot of baggage behind Pulgasari. So mm. <laughs> you, you're going to have fun with that episode whenever you get to it. Yes, I have read up on
0: some yeah. of it. Yeah, the, the the gist of it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, there's a there's a great book called The Kim Jong Il Production that it just sort of goes through not that movie specifically, but the entire Shin Sanok, uh hmm. struggle. So. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and, and there's so much history to mine there too. Yeah, I mean, that's some of these movies are absolutely perfect for this kind of a format yeah. because of the history and or politics that was surrounding it at the time. Mm-hmm. And that's always so interesting to me because we can't. Otherwise, you like you said, everything's about context, mm-hmm. and if you lose the context, then it just becomes meaningless
1: right right and I don't know as somebody who's completely devoid of, of context you know some movies are gonna still work for them like I think you can you can still watch uh, you you could watch love and peace regardless I mean that's a very sort of straightforward movie but if you watch say jellyfish eyes uh, you're just gonna be like well okay there is a tsunami and now there's a cult and uh, why why are these monsters like this and so on and so forth and mm-hmm. uh there's a, there's a lot of reading to, to... I mean, that's one reason why we had an entire podcast episode just talking about Takashi Murakami, so... Mm-hmm. Hmm. Which I then turned into a chapter in the book, so... No need to... Uh, no need to do both. If you want to just... Just listen to the podcast or read the chapter, you know... Either way works. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. The way you tackle the movies, the way you approach them, is so unique. And it adds another voice. And another perspective. And... That's what's so very much needed, is to go off the beaten path and find something interesting that hasn't been discovered as much as it should be.
1: Yeah, and the way I write, I tend to just sort of geek out. I I sort of write in the same way that I would as if I were speaking with somebody, only perhaps with fewer pauses and stutters and whatnot. (laughs) I don't try to be particularly academic, but there's definitely times where I'll just like, rattle off 20 movie titles because that's the way my brain works sometimes Mm -hmm. Uh, and I I definitely research things before writing them and to try to put the most salient uh, ideas in and and little anecdotes and things like that whatever I think is going to be most entertaining but I don't have a uh, I wasn't going with a strict structure you know sometimes you'll have sets of reviews where like all right, this is the plot synopsis this is the thoughts about the breakdown of this scene. This is. I'm just like, eh, I'll just... I, I'll see what happens when I start writing. It's very stream-of-conscious, but I think it, it worked out okay for a lot of these. Sometimes I'll go back and be like, oh, man, that was great. Why can't I write like that anymore? <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that, listeners, is Kevin Derendorf, who I've wanted to see for a couple years now, since I started coming to G-Fest. And he's He was on seventeen panels this time around this year, and I know I could never do that. it's actually six, but that may as well be something. so right and 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 it's so important to have you here and it's it's this whole conference is such a an amazing event and i I look forward to it in my own messed up way where I'm like okay, I'm gonna see more things that I haven't before and and meet people that are actually on the same wavelength because that's not always the case for sure and i not maybe the Godzilla and Kaiju community is a niche audience i, I don't really know about that term because it it it, sh- it shouldn't be a niche audience necessarily but it's just that we're so surrounded by so much media that we're all overwhelmed
1: i think there's a lot of people who are who are Sort of casually into kaiju stuff, and then there's the the people that definitely are are much more into it. So if you look at like the entire audience for, I mean, Shin Godzilla for an example, a lot of people want to go see that movie. That said, you know the the number of people who are who are very very into stuff like this uh, is not that huge. I mean, we're we're looking at record breaking attendance for this convention. Uh, which is only about 4,500 to 6,000 people, I've heard the estimates for this particular uh, set of uh, of days. But that's still only a fraction. I know a lot of people who are very into the stuff who are just not coming to the convention. And I would encourage anyone who is out there and on the fence about whether they should attend GFest to, uh, to come and, uh, and give it a try. And there's panels, there's shopping, there's movie screenings, there's... The Pickwick, where you can see all of the like, uh, you know, whatever Toho movie you, you've been meaning to see on the big screen, but you can also go to the film festival here and see some really weird things. And that's. Uh,
0: that's and it's a- just movies running all day long. Yep. And yep. there's. When I first heard about G Fest, I had no idea how much stuff there was. Mm-hmm. It's way more than I thought. And especially the panels, There, there's so many awesome panels put together about so many amazing subjects. And it's all quite academic, a yeah. lot of it, at least. And it's it helps you think on a different level about it. it makes you appreciate it. And the more levels you can appreciate something, the better it gets. Rebel, all right. thank you <laughs> very much for coming in. And now we can get back to the convention, and I can get back to writing. And I will see you at the Godzilla anime anime movie panel, which should be fun.
1: All right, looking forward to that. <laughs> Let's let's make some enemies.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thanks for coming in, Kevin, and we will see you later at the convention. Take All care. Right. And that concludes our interview. I'd like to send a shout-out to our patrons, Kiyo and Sean Stiff. Thank you for your support. I really appreciate it. Donating is worth it. You get the inside track to what's going on in the show, and you get to message with me personally. If you'd like to send some feedback, I'd love to hear from you. The email address is feedback at kaijuvision.com. You can also follow the podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Kaiju Vision Radio is available on Google Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Blueberry, TuneIn, Podcast Addict, YouTube with Scenic Videos, and on kaijuvision.com. If you like the podcast, please check out Patreon. I'm Brian Scherschel, and this is KVR Kaiju Vision Radio. See you next time.